Well, welcome, Sean. Um, this is the next installment of Don't Ask Me About the Weather. I don't know whether this is season two, season one. Not sure what's up with that, but i um, excited to kind of like get back into it. Sean is with me. Sean and I were friends from UVA, and he has his own YouTube channel called Sean Lee on Investing. Yeah. Hi, everyone. First of all, thanks for inviting me on the podcast. Happy to be reviving it after all these months. But I do have a YouTube channel. I do talk a lot about personal finance, investing, and lifestyle, a lot about like minimalism thrown in there, and really taking command of your life and your time. I've been doing it the past two years now, making a video about once every week. Well, you're way more consistent than I am. <laughs> Do you have any videos you're like particularly proud of? Uh, I have a lot of like minimalist apartment videos that I really like making. And then I do talk about investing for beginners, which is what I really like talking about. Love talking about personal finance and um, helping people just manage the basics of their money and also growing it through investing. So I invited Sean on the episode with like a specific topic in mind and he you know, has this interest in um, personal finance. I have this interest in just talking about stuff. And I was thinking about um, a topic that was introduced to me a few months ago. Actually, one of my friends from Chicago, um, I'm not sure if I should use her name, but she is my volleyball friend. She listened to my first episode of Don't Ask Me About the Weather with Laureen and had a really great response to it. She talked about some of her own experiences and then brought up this idea. I'm not sure whether where she heard it or um, how much she's invested in it, but she did bring up this idea of diversifying your happiness. And how she described that is that I think somebody close to her um, was like really big into working in one area, but they got injured or something like couldn't do that, whether or not it was dance or sports or um, something physical like that. And then you know, was really hurt by it. And I think just struggled a little bit after that loss. And so the idea that she brought up was, can you diversify your happiness? Like you can do a stock portfolio or like you can do your investments or your personal finance. So I thought Sean would be a great person that might have, you know, perspective on this and thoughts and like whether or not we could actually um, parallel, make a comparison between something as intangible as happiness, but sometimes something like more physical, like your physical stock portfolio or your investments. All right. And I think that's a amazing topic to bring up. In terms of investing, there's this word that is thrown out everywhere every time you hear about anyone talking about investing, and it's the term diversification. And what that basically means is Instead of throwing all your money into one basket, say like one particular company, you invest it in maybe some stocks or some bonds or multiple different companies so that you aren't having all of your money tied down to the fluctuations of one individual company. And the easiest way people diverse in terms of like investing in stocks is through like an index fund and index funds contain hundreds, if not thousands of companies within it. One like very popular one is the S&P 500, which contains the top 500 largest U.S. companies that are available on the stock market. It's very good to diversify in investments. 
And I also think it's a really good idea to diversify your happiness to have multiple streams of enjoyment and be able to spread that across multiple areas of your life. What do you think about like, could you make a perfect comparison between this economic idea of diversifying your stocks portfolio and this maybe more nebulous idea of diversifying your happiness. Is there something fundamentally different about stocks or about investments or something fundamentally different about um, happiness that you couldn't like say apply one idea directly to the other? Hmm. In both cases, ideally there's like one, one particular thing you want to maximize in like happiness, you want to max, you want to maximize happiness and investing. You want to maximize the amount of money you're making. And in the, in the end, like the, the core thing for both is that you don't want all of your eggs in one basket, but you want to take the risk on like multiple different areas in each. But the question you propose, though, it really makes me wonder because I can't think of anything off the top of my head that makes the two extremely different, which is which is funny because the two topics are very different topics. <laughs> but like how you pursue both of them is like a very similar approach. Because in both cases, you're not necessarily making yourself richer or more happy but the point of the diversification is that you help secure it yeah would you agree oh. mm -hmm. like you the point of the diversification is that you have if one thing tanks not all of it tanks you have other things you can fall back on mm -hmm. um another thing i just thought of was that with investing you could put all of your money into one company and if that company like skyrockets, then you just made a boatload of money mm -hmm. and you actually achieve the same goal as the approach with diversification. You just like achieved it much faster, mm. um, but also much riskier. And probably the process getting to that point uh, fluctuated a lot. So you experienced a lot of ups and downs. And I think that's kind of like the same way with you could also think of happiness in that sense too, where you could have maybe one activity or one individual you you tie all of your happiness with. And if it works out, then that's awesome. But more often than not, it's not going to work out. Uh, same with like investing. Like if you only have one company, more often than not, you're not, you're not going to do better than if you had diversified in the first place. So it's it can work out. It is very risky and mm -hmm. uh, usually not recommended. <laughs> <laughs> I do like what you said, though, about how they kind of, they all try to get you to the same place. And so like through this episode, it's not that I'm like advocating for this. I'm thinking that it's interesting that you consider it as an option to get you to that ultimate goal of being happy. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and I also think 
you can diversify within each at different levels for various things. Like for investing, you could lean more heavily towards the technology sector and then ease up your investments in um, the energy sector or like the healthcare sector. So like even within each topic, you can vary the levels of commitment with them. Or even like if you're a very active person, you like being outdoors and you like being physically active, you can spend time running, cycling, hiking, playing group sports, playing solo sports. Is that a thing? I'm trying to think about it. I just said it like it was a thing. Bowling? Oh, yeah. Bowling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> there we go. And that diversifying it within that area seems like a way to secure like your general love of being physical and being outside, kind of similar to how you might swing your investments from like one sector to another, but also diversify within that sector. Did mm. I to break that down? Correctly? Yeah, you nailed it on the head. <laughs> thanks john but i think that some happiness comes from what you're doing but i think a lot of it also comes from the relationships you form by doing those activities okay and what i mean by that is you can you might love volleyball but you might actually appreciate the people you play volleyball with more or maybe like the stardom you get from becoming like a world-class volleyball player. Um, so what, yeah, what do you think about that? Do you think happiness comes from the activities you're doing or the, the bonds you form from doing said activity? I like what you said about kind of the bonds that you form through the activity. Because I thought a really great part of the salsa area is this like strong community that everybody comes together and loves this one thing and, you know, talks about that, but also that creates bonds in other ways. So perhaps it's not as much like diversifying the activities you do, but diversifying those areas that you can find the communities. Mm -hmm. With the example of like the university salsa club we were in, we all would learn how to dance and that was like the activity but for me, I also considered it a large part of my social life because it was just like a social environment with all of these people around, really cool people that were fun to be with. And I think in the end, I have learned this skill set of dancing salsa. But what really made me happy was the people in the club. So I guess that's like the cliche <laughs> answer people say. It's like... It's the people. <laughs> I mean, they say that for everything, right? They say that for your, like, your mm -hmm. work environment. A lot of times I hear like, you know, I didn't love my job and I wanted to leave, but the people let me stay or, you know, it's really about all about who you work with in the company, not really what your mm -hmm. company does. I think the biggest reason people quit their job is because of uh, their manager. True. Yeah. And that's also like people. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. But do you have any activities you do? solely for yourself that like doesn't connect you to other people in any way like your podcast you do that does connect you to like all your friends that you're podcasting but you have like a solo activity probably the closest one is any type of running or cycling since that tends a lot of the time to be solo i think i'm like very embarrassed as a runner that i'm not that fast and <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i really don't want to run with people since i think i'll just um put me to shame here. So I think that's typically a solo activity. 
And I do think there's like varying levels of what I do by myself and with people. Um, salsa does bring me closer to my friends or brings me closer to my community. But I will like go out of my way by myself to dance salsa, even if I don't know anybody in the room. So I think that activity brings me so much joy in and of itself. And that's kind of like how I would define myself as like actually loving it because I would go out of my way to do it by myself. Something like running, I just mentioned. I don't do it with other people. Um, I do it by myself, but I don't find that like I love that activity. I think it like nurtures other parts of my life. Um, I'm kind of curious to get like where that activity falls and how closely they relate to your happiness. If you were to look at a graphical XY graph or even a 3D graph and your happiness is on like zero, 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 is it the activity that's one level removed from your happiness or is in between that the relationships that you form and the activity is like two levels removed but also helps facilitate those relationships yeah first of all you and i should run together because (laughs) i suck at running too (laughs) so i think that'd be that'd be a lot of fun but um that's a really interesting point um with the like solo activity and how how much it like directly ties into your overall happiness another like solo activity a lot of our like our friends do that just i thought i just thought of would be reading mm. and i guess like also with reading maybe just like watching netflix alone or something um and at the time it does give you like present happiness if you're like consumed in it and you're like fully immersed and you love it but I'm not sure if it connects you with other people unless you've both read the book or you're sharing what you learned from the book. And I guess like sharing, that really depends on you. I love to read, so I'm so glad you bring that up. (laughs) And I think reading like directly ties into my levels of happiness. And I think that it's a solo activity that you can talk about with friends and you have like book clubs that you can talk about that usually you don't end up talking about the book anyway. But I think that the connection between you and like the character and the author is so powerful sometimes um, that it does, I think, strengthen relationships, even if they're not your like immediate peers or your immediate friend group. So I wonder like if I take those three activities, say salsa, running, and reading, they all have different levels and like different aspects of how much there is a peer or community tied to it. And so maybe if I'm like thinking about this graph and I'm thinking about my happiness in the middle and there's these three activities that I like, perhaps they have like offshoots that may or may not be closer to your happiness. In salsa, they have offshoots of people that I think would be between happiness and salsa, but maybe not. Or with reading, it's the activity that's closer and the connections, but they may or may not be like farther from your happiness. So they could maybe all just vary. Mm. It sounds like with reading, would you say you form a, a relationship with the characters? Like you actually care about them and how they're growing and maybe even see yourself in some of these characters? Yeah, I think in a good book or a book that I connect with, I root for the character 
and I'm happy when they're happy and I'm sad for them when they're sad. And ones that I really hold close to me, I see myself in that character. Mm-hmm. So I remember talking about this. I asked a friend what they thought makes up happiness. And she said that it was the relationship you have with other people, but also the relationship you have with yourself. And I feel like that kind of ties into here where salsa, you form relationships with other people. With reading, you form relationships with the characters in the novel. And then with running, it being like a soul activity, you actually form a, a better relationship with yourself, whether that be like making your body physically better or you just like feeling better in general because you're doing cardio. What do you think about that? So it could be like relationships in all aspects, not necessarily relationships with your direct peers. So I guess it's like, yeah, how how you feel about like other people and yourself and the things you do. Um, and then I kind of thought happiness was formed in like two parts. I had like a different take. So she was talking about like relationships and I was talking about something else. But I kind of thought of it as two things where one, you are generally happy in the present. Like you feel relatively content. Um, you're not like going through bouts of unhappiness for like a long extended period of time. But you're also not excited like all the time. You're just like, in general, your like state of mood is pretty content. And then there's also another part where you have these future goals and it feels like you're reaching, you're on the right track to meet those future goals. So it's both like being happy in the present and then happy in that you see yourself accomplishing your future goals. So do you think like diversifying in some way, whether or not that's finding a new hobby, finding something in your work that you're a little bit more passionate about or, um, you know, creating more relationships that help to diversify it. Do you think that both nurtures your present self and nurtures your future self? Hmm, I think diversifying your present and your future self is what might lead you closer to overall happiness. In the uh, in the present, you can diversify your happiness by having uh, many different friends or many different activities. And in the future, you can diversify by having many different goals. Because I think if you only have one goal, say you want to become like president of the United States, <laughs> you might not actually reach that goal. And so if that's the only goal you have and you're not reaching it or you're not on the right track, then that could negatively impact your overall happiness. But if you say like you you want to be president, you want to have kids, you want to eventually have a dog or you want to make a million dollars, then having like multiple goals, you're bound to like reach some of them. And I think that when you do reach them, you'll be happy, but you'll also have these other goals you're looking forward to reaching as well. It's funny that you bring that up because um, my volleyball friend who first brought up this idea of diversifying happiness, she like doesn't like the idea of always having a goal that you're reaching for because then you like kind of like always thinking that there's like something better you can do versus, you know, being more in the present. I'm more in the camp of like, I like having goals and it's, you know, the late November now. So I'm thinking about my 2021 goals. And something that I did notice in the past three years as I've been setting them is that I'll set like 20 goals. And I think it sounds like a lot, but it's not about how me accomplishing all of them. But if I have a lot of them in mind, if I accomplish some of them, then that's great. 
you know, instead of just having that one big goal that you're setting yourself for the year. Yeah, I guess the trick in that case is if you have 20 goals and you accomplish 10 of them, you you should be proud of the fact you accomplished 10 of them and did not accomplish the other 10. True. Like this year where I accomplished maybe two of them. Yeah, in the end, it's like, it's hard to say whether or not you're like happy. Is it like a, is it a logical thing you can break down or is it more of just like an emotional thing of how you're feeling? I I think it's like an emotional thing. I think happiness, I almost think it's like binary. Like you you either know it or you don't, like you know you're happy or you know you're not. But granted, I like the idea of trying to take the abstractness out of it as much as I can. Like in this example and using kind of like a graphical, um, at least in my head, I imagine it kind of like graphically. Is there a way that we can take the abstractness out so that we can talk about it with yourself? You know, you can reflect on it with yourself or you can reflect on it with other people. And I think that's almost like the whole or what's coming to materialize as a lot of the point or like the point of this podcast is that can we create the vocabulary almost to talk about these abstract ideas? Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just give a thumbs up to Sean for <laughs> those who can't I'll give one back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have any, any final thoughts on the topic the, the diversifying your happiness. I think it's so cool that you can make this parallel or attempt to make this parallel or even just consider the parallel. You know, you can completely disagree with me, but I really love the idea or I love that you could at least consider it. I do. I do think we brought up a lot of good points, though. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I didn't lose anyone on the investment talk, <laughs> but I'm actually very surprised and happy that we're able to connect these two almost seemingly very different topics and form this like connection between them. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I greatly enjoyed this conversation. I'm so glad. All right, that's a wrap. See you next time. <laughs>